if you could, would you go back to dinosaur times and you know just <laughs> would you do it? No. No, no, and, it's and terrifying. I'm offering you free travel. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, no, I'll take the time travel, but I, I want to go back, you know, to, uh, you know, tell me what stocks to buy and give me the, you know, the lotto numbers. That, that's when I want to go to the time travel. I see. If there was money in it, you'd do <laughs> that's it. Right. It's always cool in Mesa. Yes, it is. It's always cool in Mesa. Get the degrees and just remember this, please. I say it's always cool in Mesa. When I grew up in Mesa, there was no place you could go to see dinosaur bones. Luckily, today we've got a world-class museum for that purpose right downtown. Still, it doesn't seem right. Why did I have to wait to become a dinosaur so I could go and see dinosaurs? Season 3, Episode 5, A Boy and His Dinosaur. The Arizona Museum of Natural History. It's always cool in Mesa. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Visit Mesa. Folks, go to visitmesa.com passes and learn about their Adventure Explorer Passport. It's a partnership between Visit Mesa and Lacey Kane's social media sensation, Wild Joy. A collection of hikes, drives, and experiences. The quintessential guide to finding wild joy in Mesa's backyard. When you sign up for the passport, you start earning points and prizes. Best of all, it connects you to the place we all call home. The Adventure Explorer Passport at visitmesa.com passes. Bucket list fun, all at your fingertips. When Edson Dorantes do Nascimento died last year, he was one of the most popular sports figures on the planet, ever. Never heard of him? That's because you knew him as soccer great Pele. He picked up that nickname in grade school. He wasn't fond of it. In fact, he thought it was an insult and was suspended from school for punching a classmate who used it. Eventually, though, he made his peace with it. Mesa has its own kind of Pele. It's a destination one of the most popular in downtown Mesa, the Dinosaur Museum. Except that's not its real name. I mean, you can forgive people for calling it that. There is a giant T-Rex bursting out of its walls ready to drop down onto the street below. But when it comes to our part of the country, the Arizona Natural History Museum is the Pele of Arizona. Last year, a new director took the helm. His name is Simon T. Penny Adlam. What is the, the, the definition of a natural history museum? A natural history museum deals with our natural and cultural world. Um, species adaptation or how species change over time. Different cultures moving and living together over time. That's a natural history world. They try to give us a bigger context of the world that we live in mm -hmm. based on scientific fact and proof. Important and interesting stuff, but not quite as sexy as dinosaurs. We will always be the Dinosaur Museum. That will be our brand. That's, that'll be our sort of leader. That doesn't bother Simon. That's a great inroad to really into the conversation about our natural and cultural world. When it comes to dinosaurs, the Arizona Natural History Museum is much more than a collection of dioramas and animatronics. We are an active research facility, which means we have scientists on board who are collecting, doing research, publishing it. We have these huge vaults, and we actually do have scientists working in labs right. doing research. And those huge vaults, labs, and scientists are just right across the street. 
Paleontologist Bob McCord, everyone calls him Dr. Bob, is the museum's curator of natural history. I asked him who's usually allowed into the museum's scientific sanctuary. Just folks like yourself, you know, paleontologists well, that are doing engaged in research? Well, common visitor that comes back here is researchers, and they come from not only all over the country, but all over the world. You hear that? Just international scientists and me. Anyone can hypothetically mm -hmm. make an appointment and come back here to see them. Okay, anyone can, but it's mostly just me and my paleontologist buddies who actually do. It's hard to describe the feeling when Dr. Bob opens a vault to reveal a piece of a dinosaur. This is parts of one dinosaur. This guy is called Nothernicus. There it is, right there before you. A bone from a dinosaur that lived in this area millions of years ago. Seeing it gave me a superpower. I was able to identify fossils left and right. This looks like teeth embedded into a jawbone, and it's like the size of a large horse. Uh-huh. Am I anywhere close? You, uh, you got everything but the critter, and that's a, probably a pretty large camel. Okay, so basically a horse with a hump. I was one for one. This is an armadillo that looks like, like the size of a rhinoceros. Uh, or I always like them to a VW bug. We dinosaur people can differ on size estimations. Two for two. This, to my layman's eyes, appears to be a tortoise, a large tortoise shell. And to my expert eyes, it does as well. I think someone was feeling threatened. Seriously, though, Dr. Bob was a delight, full of enthusiasm and laughter. And you know what? If you're a little depressed about your advancing years, visiting a dinosaur lab can be quite uplifting. How old is this specimen? This particular one is about two and a half million. That's in the neighborhood of 95 million. But that one's about 100 million. That's about 75 this million. 225 million years old. I have to say I walked away with a considerable bounce in my step. The museum doesn't just keep Dr. Bob locked up in the lab. Again, here's Simon. You will experience scientists and curators and stuff on the floor talking with, that, with our audiences and, and, and people. And that's really, really important. From your perspective, what are some of the highlights? You know, here's the, the three or four things you have to see at this museum. Uh, hands down, it is Dino Mountain. It is this amazing multi-level experience of this mountain having a flash flood. And there's thunder, there's lightning, there's water gushing. It's, it's about four stories high. There's a wonderful diorama at the end with these two huge animals coming out of the water and it's hidden away in the back of the museum and it's fantastic. And I think if I was giving the advice about any museum is sometimes the best stuff is, is hidden away. Simon knows this from personal experience, including the experience of touring the Dinosaur Museum for the first time. And I was looking at things and there's like dinosaurs and it's impressive. And then... I came across the old jailhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. The museum used to be Mesa City Hall and Jail, and the cells were in use until 1975. So if you're my age, you might even know someone who spent a couple of nights there. Just saying. Today, the jail cells are part of the museum's cultural history. In fact, there's a ton of super cool non-dino stuff. Kid favorites are panning for gold, just like early settlers did. So I love the, the, the panning for gold thing, but I'm a little bit rusty. Yeah, how the, there's like a 
There's a lot on the side. Oh, you know where to get the good stuff, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Like, right over there has a lot of, like, big chunks. I love the museum's commitment to telling the story of the people who came before us, which includes an unbelievable display of more than 500 Native American objects and pieces of art. The baskets alone are worth the price of admission. The artistry is unbelievable. You, you have to assume that this became legal tender, right? Or this is something that people would barter, and yeah. you can see why it would be so valuable. Yeah and a stunning presentation on the origin of the galaxy. That, I don't know how to take that. Is that the, the Earth giving birth to the moon, That's, I guess? Yeah, I mean, these are the questions that kids have, right? I mean, how old is the Earth? Where did the moon come from? It does a great job of explaining it all. Come for the dinosaurs. Stay to expand your mind. Oh, well, a little side point is we have one of the largest touchable in the world dinosaur fossils. Mm. The typical sign you see in a museum exhibit is don't touch this. So how, how, why is it that we have a touchable dinosaur bone? It, it's a commitment in our day and age to explain what is real and what is factual. Mm -hmm. And when you get an opportunity to touch something that was hundreds of millions of years mm -hmm. old, that moment when a child touches it, they will never forget that in their lives. Right. Well, we like to brag that our downtown is authentic, and now I know I can brag that our, our dinosaur bones are authentic. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. For Simon, giving children an unforgettable experience is key. A big part of our mission is inspiring wonder in our world. When we inspire wonder in our youth and our children, it makes them think bigger. It's like, you know what? I think I want to be a scientist. Mm. Well, you know what? Yeah. I want to be an engineer and create that huge dino mountain. Those things are really, really powerful. Mesa native Sterling Nesbitt can testify of that. I spend a lot of time looking at fossils and trying to identify them. And what really catalyzed that was the museum, the Arizona Museum of Natural History. Today, Sterling Nesbitt is Dr. Nesbitt, Associate Professor of Geosciences at Virginia Tech. When he was 15, there was an event that connected him to the museum forever. A mammoth was discovered by a trenching tool in Gilbert in 1997. The operator had gone through the tusk, so it sent ivory everywhere. So it had been in the news for a couple days, and I just happened to be a few miles away at a doctor's appointment or something, and I asked my, my mother, Noreen Nesbitt, hey, could we go check this out? Because it looks like they might be um, accepting people to come see the site. Instead of saying, no, I've got jazzercise, she takes him there. There were piles of dirt. There was a security guard there because there had been lots of people coming to see this. And in those piles of dirt around the dig, I noticed an object in the dirt. I was like, oh, I think that that might actually be a part of a tooth of the animal. And I picked up the tooth fragment. He takes it to the man in charge of the dig. And he said, oh, we missed this. This is the tooth of the animal do you want to stay? And I said, of course. That really solidified my pathway to becoming a vertebrate paleontologist. Soon after, Sterling volunteers for a week-long field study in New Mexico, led by Dr. Doug Wolf, who had found dinosaur bones there years before. I wandered into the Badlands where Doug had suggested that there should be fossils and came across a skeleton. And not just any skeleton. We had the remains of a small carnivorous dinosaur that we named Suski Tyrannus, which is a cousin of the famous T-Rex. It was much, much, much smaller. 
and its whole body would probably be maybe six or seven feet, depending on the length of the tail. I still wouldn't want to meet one down a blind alley or anything because it had very sharp teeth and claws. In other words, Sterling got to actually do what most kids only dream of. We had found something that no one had ever seen before. For me, it, it was really the, the bug that, that bit. Today, there's a model of Suski Tyrannosaurus at the museum, built primarily under Sterling's direction. You'll find it at the bottom of Dino Mountain. For many years after its discovery, the bones of Suski Tyrannosaurus were housed at the Arizona Museum of Natural History. Sterling also became a regular feature there. Dr. Bob remembers him well. Quiet, always polite, and burning passion. I, I don't take much credit for Sterling. Sterling was motivated internally and, and was driven. And, and I, I, I feel it, it's, a, it's a disservice to take credit for that. I, he was going to be somebody, and it was apparent. Dr. Nesbitt has a professional disagreement with that statement. I wouldn't be where I am today without being part of that community, and Bob McCord was hugely influential in that in many ways. Sterling gave an example of Bob's influence. Every Tuesday or Wednesday night, there was an open lab night that had a huge influence on me. So that was a time where people that were interested in fossils would come in during the night and help clean fossils, learn about fossils. And Bob would always have some kind of mini lecture about the history of vertebrate paleontology. And that is a tradition we carry on at Virginia Tech, where every Tuesday night we invite undergraduates to clean fossils, talk about fossils, and we'll continue doing that forever. Remember what Simon said earlier? When we inspire wonder in our children, it makes them think bigger. Dr. Bob inspired wonder in Sterling, and now Sterling's passing on the tradition. I had one last question for Sterling about him and Suski, something that I just can't stop wondering about. I wonder, do you, uh, in an odd way, feel like there's a relationship there? There's definitely a relationship to have these long dead animals, these bones that have turned to rock that have been sitting in the earth for a really long time. I want to bring out their stories. Exactly. And while these interviews with Sterling, Simon, and Dr. Bob have all been enlightening, I can't help escape the feeling that we're missing the biggest interview of all, the dinosaurs. Imagine, for instance, if we could talk to the dinosaurs Sterling discovered. Just imagine. Come on in, Suski. Oh, nice, nice, nice. So this is, uh, this is where it all happens, yeah. huh? Yes, this is our studio. Okay. Uh, just go ahead and step right up to that microphone. Right right, right up here, huh? Yeah. You got enough room over there? Sure, you... I think so. Oh, yeah, I got lots of room. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. My, I'm so... <laughs> My tail's got a mind oh. of its own. No, don't don't worry. Down not, boy. Not a, not a problem. <laughs> Ow. You're probably going to need some ice on that. Okay, let's try this again. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, I'm, I'm really curious about your accent. This isn't how I really sound. I, I'm talking to you in a way that you will understand me. See? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I see. I, I'm just curious. How would you really sound? Oh. <clears throat> <laughs>
Okay, new mic. Oh, and by the way, hey, thanks for doing a late nighter. Oh, I, I, I totally get it. I, I know you got a day gig. I got to hit my mark and strike that pose for eight hours, you know? And I have to say, when you do that pose, mm-hmm. I can see the resemblance to T-Rex. You think? I'm only the size of the head of that big lummox, you know? <laughs> Yeah, sure, but, but you got the same basic body shape, same yeah. head shape, you know, and, and the, you, you know. Um, you can say it. The, the, uh, uh, the small arms, I think, is what you're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I, I hope that's not offensive. It is offensive, Mayor. Oh. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to punch you in the nose, hey. but you'll have to come on over here so I can reach it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. We rolling. You got a great sense of humor, I got to say. <laughs> I got a million of those. Uh, Anyhow. Well, again, thanks so much for, for being here. This yeah, is a great opportunity. On. Sure. But I do uh, I do have to get back before the big game starts. Hmm? I'm sorry, game? Poker. Oh, oh you and the uh, other dinosaurs? Oh, every night. So, so it, it sounds <laughs> kind of like a night at the museum situation over there. Oh, absolutely. And we love that movie. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about Jurassic Park? No, please. <laughs> the T-Rex rescues our heroes at the end? How is a hero a hero if he's rescued at the end? I always say the protagonist has to rescue himself, right? I, I, I'm sorry. I'm burning up precious time. You no. got you got questions. No, th- this is all very interesting, mm. but I, I just have to ask, um, how did they do? The, the mm. guys who, who built this version of you, did they get it right? Is, oh. is this what you actually looked like? You know. I have to say, not bad, you know. Was I a little bit more muscular? Sure. But when it comes to the arms, I have to say, this is a complete upgrade. I don't know who to thank for this, but, you know, I like it. Well, I I happen to know who you can thank. Do you? Yeah, Sterling Nesbitt. The kid? He's not a kid anymore. He's now Dr. Nesbitt. What do you know? Good for him. He's the one who discovered me, you know. Oh, yeah, I, I, I do know. Great story. They'll say that you never forget the guy or the gal who discovered you, oh. and that is true. Really? Well, uh, tell me about that, about, you know, waiting to be discovered. What was that frustrating? What was that like? Well, you know, um, not much to say about the first 90 million years. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you're like, uh, you know, you're just there. You die, you, uh, you thin out, you're above water for a million years, and then you're underwater for a million years, you know, it's hot, it's cold. Uh, you, you see new things. One day a horse goes by, and I'm like, what the? You know, every era, new things. And then one day, here comes this kid, a two-legger. And he's kicking at the ground with his mm-hmm. foot. And You know, right away, I like this kid. I like this kid, bear because he's looking down. You see, he's thinking, he's searching. And pretty soon, he's standing right over me, looking right down at me. And our eyes meet. Wow. Well, his eyes, my eye sockets. Okay. And he gets down really close and he says, Hello. Hello. Oh, I got to tell you, Maya, the feelings, mm. the feelings to have someone see you after all that time, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. He took out some tools, you know, brushes and stuff, you know, so gentle, like he's. He's cleaning me up, and then after a while, he gets up and he runs away shouting, Dr. Wolf! Dr. Wolf! Dr. Wolf! (laughs) That, that, my friend, was a great day. It really sounds like it. He he, he named me, you know. 
I, I did know. How, how do you like the name? Oh, I love it. It's original. You know another Suski. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, but can you, uh, I'm dying to know, are, are you happy? Is this a, a good situation for you? Oh, yeah. Big time. I mean, you, what? <laughs> I, got, I got an audience all day. Kids walking by me going, wow, you know, he's so cool. Look at his claws, you know. I'm not going to lie. It's a dream come true. You've been around for a very, very long time. I, I have to think, you, you, do you have any advice for us? Hmm. Uh, advice, I would say, I would say, be humble. Really? Yeah. In, interesting. I, I never pictured a dinosaur being concerned about humility. Well, you know, Mayor Jazz, this used to be our world too, you know. We, mm-hmm. we ruled it. Tyrannus means king. We were the kings of this world, us and the other dinosaurs. Where are we now? We're all underground, extinct. You know, I'm one of the lucky ones. I get, I get a second chance. But, you know, uh, you know, our world was heating up, too. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was a lot hotter than yours, if you can believe that. Mm. And, uh, you know, we always said we were going to do something about it. But did we? No. Of course, what could we do? We were dinosaurs. Mm. Our brains were about the size of a tennis ball. But you are humans. You put people on the moon, right? Mm. You came up with vaccines. You, you learned to fly. But you also invented Hot Pockets and reality TV. So that's, you know, that's why I say be, be humble. Don't, uh, you know, don't think it couldn't happen to you. You know, most of all, teach your young ones about all this stuff. You know, it's like the the new guy says there, Simon, you know, at the museum. You got to inspire wonder. If you inspire wonder, they're going to want to do great things, mm-hmm. you know. And if mm-hmm. you can't save the planet, well, maybe they will. You know, it's, it's kind of like you were saying earlier, I think. No one else is going to be the hero of our story. Right. We, we got to be our own heroes. Boom. Boom. Yeah. You brought it home. That's why you're the mayor. But but where do you suggest we start? Well, here's an idea. Take him to the Natural History Museum. <laughs> I know a good one. <laughs> uh, you mind? Can I shake your hand? I, you, would you shake my claw? How's that? <laughs> okay. No, I'll tell you Great. what. I will, I will reach out as far as I can, but you're going to have to come across the room to take it. Okay, I'm going to lean in here. You, you're not going to bite my head off. Oh, would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> Man, you, you got me on that oh, one. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. I'm doing it again. I am so sorry. No, no don't I worry. We, we've got If you're enjoying the podcast, tell a friend. It's always cool in Mesa.